You're listening to the Dental Sherpas Podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair, and into the life you want. Hey, docs. Dr. Sed Lewis here. We're always looking to add great docs to our team. What we have created is a practice that's literally built for you to shine. Hey, and guess what? You get to practice dentistry in paradise here in Hawaii. If you're at all interested and are exploring a position in our practice, please contact me at Dr. Lewis at KakuaSmiles.com. That's Dr. Period Lewis, L E W I S, at Kokua, K O K U A, smiles.com. Love to hear from you. Can't wait to speak. Welcome, everybody. We're glad you're back for another episode of the Dental Sherpas podcast. It is a lovely day here in Tennessee, and I'm sure it's a lovely day out there in uh, the great state of Hawaii, where my co host, Dr. Cedric Lewis, is. As always, it's Matt Kennedy here and Dr. Cedric Lewis. Said, how you doing out there, buddy? Things are going great. How are you doing in Tennessee, my friend? Hey, man, you know, we are doing great. The mosquitoes are out. The cicadas, oh, lucky are, uh, you. <laughs> the cicadas are singing, chirping in the evenings. And, uh, you know, it feels like you put on a wet blanket every time you walk outside uh, with all the humidity. But uh, yeah. other, than, other than that, we're, uh, we're having a good time. You know, it's crazy around here. We get all these, um, you know, summer showers Mm -hmm. uh, in the afternoons, like we just had one right here. And then uh, I'm looking out and I see the sun is blazing. And I guarantee yeah. you, if humidity can be 110%, I bet it's 110%. So. Oh, man. Yeah, well, we've, we've got the uh, we got the humidity for sure. And we've got a lot more bodies like, you know, we, we were talking in earlier podcasts about this tourists coming back, they have now discovered Hawaii again, like oh. Waikiki is crazy busy now. So you can imagine with the heat and a bunch of these bodies around and being in restaurants now to full capacity, the smells aren't that great as it used to be. <laughs> but well, Nashville, Nashville, yeah, Nashville's the same way. I mean, it's yeah. just that the the tourist district downtown is just booming. I mean, they're having to shut the road down just about every night of the week and just yeah. people have been cooped up far too long. Uh, exactly. exactly. They are vaccinated and ready to mingle. So. And they are definitely <laughs> <to mingle. laughs> Yeah, well, so, well, today's topic, um, let's talk through, you and I were just having a great conversation about some of the things that were coming up in your practice. And uh, again, wonderfully, you allow me to sit in on your leadership meetings and a couple of things popped up. And so we were just talking through those things and thought it would make a great, uh, you know, podcast episode. And the way I guess I want to set this up is, is to really talk about how analytics, like business analytics or data analytics, has really changed the game in dentistry, and it's really good. But there's also a danger to that as well, because a lot of times that analytics does not quite get matched up to the operational side of dentistry, meaning the actual kind of boots on the ground. Uh, and really what we're talking about is strategies that keep the cash flow coming into the practice and keep you profitable. And yeah. so there's a, there's a real danger there. So let's start said, if you don't mind by talking about, um, you know, what we've talked a lot about on this podcast about the value and the benefit of data analytics uh, in the practice and, and how that should shape your thinking uh, in yeah. the practice. Yeah, absolutely. Like you've heard me tell you time and time again, and Matt and I have talked about, like it's so critical to be data driven, meaning that all your decisions should be based on literally historical data and the data that you're driving to your practice based on key performance indicators, based on metrics, whether they be financial, whether they be involved toward volume of people coming through your practice, based on number of people who are working with you, 
all the things you need to be tracking on a regular basis to create a better business so you can structure yourself to a level where the business can actually flow extremely well and be sustainable. And so analytics are a critical component of what you do, but they don't tell you the whole story. And that's what we were kind of talking about off air here. One of the big challenges that we talk about, and I'll be the first to tell you, like part of my model, and I was talking about Matt, was making sure we have a robust hygiene department, making sure constantly the hygiene is growing, that we're adding hygiene capacity, that we're designing it so that we have enough hygiene capacity to allow us to basically do enough restorative revenue to keep the practice growing. But the issue is, and here's where the actual, I think the disconnect happens, is that if your sole focus is simply just driving and adding and adding more hygiene, but not looking at how you're gonna capitalize on that hygiene, these becoming that higher restorative value or, or for that matter, the opportunity of creating more restorative value, that's when the problem happens. And so I think Matt and I have talked about this before, we have seen several practices happen this way, where they grow, they, where they get the concept, okay, I get it. Hygiene's the lifeblood of the practice. I'm just gonna keep adding more hygienists. I'm gonna add more hygiene. I'm gonna grow the amount of exams I'm doing. But what we have also seen built into that same equation is that we see the success happening from the hygiene growth, but then you'll see a guy who's maybe doing about $500 per hygiene visit before he exponentially grows his hygiene department. And that same doctor will have maybe six months later and brag about the fact that, hey man, I saw 400 hygiene visits and I used to see only 200, you know, whatever that number may be. And then when we ask him, well, what did you do for her production? And that same doctor would go, holy crap, I only need $250 per hygiene visit. Mm-hmm. So there becomes a situation where the analytics told him, hey, I just need to grow more hygiene. It'll just kind of play itself out. But unless you're looking at it from an operational standpoint of optics, meaning that you're looking at, okay, I'm certainly going to grow that level of hygiene visit. I'm certainly going to grow the analytics of getting more hygiene. But from an operational standpoint, how am I going to capitalize? How am I going to make sure that the exams turn out to being still the $500 per visit I had when I used to only do half the amount of hygiene visits and half the amount of hygiene exams. And I think that's where the big issue happens. The second thing that I think happens when we start to get too analytically focused on it is that we don't look at like what it can happen if we start to promote this idea of growth. I think one of the things that I wanna touch on briefly here, Matt, is this belief that just track the analytics and the analytics will take you to a point of continually having exponential growth. And the problem is that if you're simply tracking the, the growth in your business, but you're not tracking, to Matt's point earlier in the conversation, the cash flow that must occur to sustain that growth. That's where we see more and more guys, and I'm being one of them, skinning their knees on a regular basis. Because what ends up happening is that, let's say, for example, we'll use the example, Matt, of a doctor who basically is bringing in a ton more production into the practice. And they're out telling their buddies while drinking beers, hey, man, I'm producing $100,000 more per month. And your buddies will be high-fiving you and you'll feel great about yourself. And then you'll go back in your home office and you'll look at the numbers, you look at your bank account, or you'll look at the actual um, bookkeeper's numbers. Yeah, you may have produced $100,000 more, but your expenses went up exponentially. And I guess, by the way, your front office wasn't collecting any money on that production you were doing. Mm-hmm. And whether that sounds like a bombastic comment or not, that happens a lot more than we want to admit. There's many doctors in that position, right? They focus so much on the analytics of creating that growth, they're not focusing on the operations of actually supporting that growth. So then I'll let you, I'm obviously kind of dominating the airways here today, but give me some feedback on what you've been seeing as well. Well, I mean, what we're really talking about is from a real practical standpoint is that the, uh, the cost to grow is so much, mm-hmm. right? And so the analytics 
you know, have really laid out a path. And by data analytics, just like you said, what we're talking about is that hygiene, you know, we do need to have a robust hygiene department. And there is a path to grow that hygiene department, right? But that cost of that growth, I mean, I, I've seen it. We were talking off air, you know, we saw um, I had uh, um, uh, a practice that we were uh, working with and, you know, they were, you know, exponentially growing their uh, hygiene visits. You know, everything was looking great. Even their production per hygiene visit looked fantastic on the reports, right? From mm -hmm. their, you know, EagleSoft or Dentrix software. When you run that math and do, it's like, oh man, everything's great. And I got a phone call from his accountant one day and said, man, we, we got to go, we got to put $600,000 into this practice. What's, what's happening here? And, and what's happening with this model? And so when we dug in and we started looking at it first, you know, I mean, let's just, you know, talk about the elephant in the room. I don't know many industries that report gross production. <laughs> That's right. Right? <laughs> Walmart yeah. doesn't go out and say, hey, you know, we could have charged $300 for that, you know, protein bar, but we only really charged $4. Right. Right. And adjust down that two hundred and you know, ninety six dollars. Right. Yeah. So all of his numbers, everything that he was driving and felt really good about for, you know, a period of three or four months was based on that gross production number. So when you did the math, hygiene visits divided by gross production. It looked great. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't collecting that. So that was first, number one, he was running his data analytics based on gross production. We don't mm -hmm. want to do that. We want to do it on collectible production. Mm -hmm. And then we want to go back and reconcile two actual collections, right? Mm -hmm. um, we want that, That's the number that we have to use. That's money that flows into our bank account. And, right. then secondly, and then secondly, what we saw there too was that to your point, their over-the-counter collections on a daily basis was almost 0%. Mm -hmm. They were just running and, and, you know, filing the insurance and, you know, yeah. running that out. And um, as we talked about off air and the practices that I've worked with, we, we found that there was an average turnaround time on those um, uh, insurance reimbursements were about 42 days. I think you were saying it's about 45 days in your practice. Right. Uh, right. So, so there's this huge amount of expense based on the analytics that tells us, hey, go out there build this hygiene department mm -hmm. and, you know, build it and they will come and they do come. But now we've got, if you're not collecting up front, if you're not collecting uh, over the counter on a daily basis, then you're not going to get paid for 42 days. Then the third thing that we found was they were paying their associates mm -hmm. up front based on work that was put on the books before they collected any money there, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. And then they had no mechanism to go back and reconcile what they had paid their associates to collections. And yeah. it's, that's such a common mistake, don't you think, Said Because you're just running and gunning and things look great and you got your, your chairs are full and everybody, everybody but the owner doctor is getting paid and feeling really good and nobody stops to think, let's go back and reconcile to make sure that those collections are matching what the production was that I paid on those uh, associates up front. Because we know that 
you know, that gross production or even, uh, you know, collectible, reasonably collectible production, mm -hmm. paying those associates up front, we know that not all that work ends up getting done because people don't end up, you know, coming in or things change or, or, or whatever, right? Yeah, and that's exactly the point. Like, I think you perfectly described a situation where the analytics dictated a certain way of operations, but the problem was there wasn't a operational protocol design to basically take into account how they're going to financially support the analytics that were actually being promoted in that particular practice, right? From what it sounds like to me, the analytics were designed to promote two things, right? Gross production, mm -hmm. as far as I can tell in this story you're telling me. Mm -hmm. And the second thing based on how we can go about incentivizing or for that matter, the doctor's ability to get work on the books, but with no real methodology of either A, collecting the money that came from that production, or for that matter, collecting money that was going to be available to pay all the people who were making that production happen in the first place. Like in my mind, I'm already thinking like, oh my gosh, you had treatment coordinators to pay. You've got managers to pay. You've got doctors to pay. You've got hygienists to pay. You've got supplies to pay. You've got rent to pay. You've got the inevitable maintenance to pay. There's all these things that are still out there, but you're just simply just trying to get this mythical magic fairy dust number of gross production out there so you can run these reports, which look sexy so you can go to your friends and tell you how great you are. And then that same doctor goes crying to the bank. And I'm not, I don't, I don't want to say that's a terrible, disrespectful thing to say, but he has to shoulder the financial burden of then supporting the very animal that he's feeding to create that supposedly success that looks great from the analytics. That's what's heartbreaking to me because this situation happens more often than I'd like to admit, where I, like I've talked about before in my own practice, where you're basically looking at an environment of simply kind of funding the growth rather than basically looking at the, the practice funding the profit of that particular owner doctor. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, I mean, like at the end of the day, I mean, when you have a business, there has to be an objective of making a profit, right? Right. I mean, as much as we like to be kind of altruistic and say, taking care of your team and the practice and the people, and that's highly important for any successful business, but if the company is not focused on making sure there's a profit for the company to allow that doctor to simply keep that company alive, then what are we doing it for? I mean, right. to use our friend, our very close friend of ours, who's, who uses a phrase that I just love, it just becomes the tyranny of more yeah. rather than tyranny of what's right. Yeah. So that's what gets me kind of, you know, disturbed about that whole environment. So again, I think, you know, John, you know, we, we say this again and again, I think analytics are incredibly important and have to be in any type of great business, but unless there's a balance and there's a basically a, a really good, mix of both operational success and analytical success, you're going to get killed. I mean, the reality is that just like we always tell doctors who are great operators and are fantastic at what they do and they've got great team, if they're not focused on the numbers and making sure they have analytics to support what they're trying to do, it's the same counter, it's the same um, argument on the other side, right? If you have a doctor who's only focused on the analytics, but not focused on how they're going to go about supporting the actual cash flow and, and financial status of that particular business, that's as much a problem as it is the other way around. So I guess my concern would be trying to find a way that we can actually design a practice that can be designed to have hold both things very dear, near and dear to the actual owner practice itself. So Cedric, you know, one of the things that um, I have been thinking a lot about is that, you know, this, that operations is really the bridge between the analytics and the vision of where the owner doctor 
you know, wants to go with a company. And to your point, you know, you, why are we doing this? I mean, our goal really is to, at some point, create more free time for the doctor, more, right. you know, freedom, the ability to, you know, maybe exit the chair much earlier than they thought, you know, before. And so this bridge has to be built again, between the data analytics and um, the vision of where the doctor one wants to go, but it also has to be paid attention to and maintained, right? Yeah, so right. In, in our example before, you know, I was telling uh, about that, that practice that, that I was throwing out, what are some practical things that that doctor can do? And then I'll tell you some of the things that we did and, and, and were able to find there to help them to, um, to really make sure that the operations are matching uh, and aren't getting outrun by the analytics. Yeah, so I think it comes down to like, like just trying to match. I think he did a wonderful job of creating analytics to show how he would grow the business, right? He obviously found a way to increase hygiene. He obviously found a way to get his doctors more productive. He obviously found a way to grow the business bottom line, right? When I say bottom line, I mean that top line revenue. Yep. The issue, however, would be how the operations can support that, right? So first thing, you already pretty much gave the answer when you're talking about it. When you're actually creating that extra revenue, you have to find a means of collecting that money that comes in from the production. Like there's something called collectible production. We don't call it collectible for nothing. That money needs to be collected, right? So there should be operationally checks and balances of how your front team should be basically held toward a certain percentage they have to collect to ensure the practice is able to meet the cash flow demands it has in a growth of a practice like that. Keep in mind to grow that company, that doctor knows you have more staff members, you have more infrastructure, you have more costs inherent with that. There has to be a certain level of making sure your team understands that and is able to basically collect on that cash to make sure that they can support the business. That's number one. You're, talking about, thing, you're talking about, excuse me, said you're talking about yeah. over the counter collections on a yes. daily basis. Overhead, exactly. Over the counter yeah. collections. Correct. What's your because target? I mean, what's your target that you shoot for? In my business, it's 50%. Now I know some businesses, like you had mentioned, some of your clients do 40 to 45%, some say 30, but in my business, it's 50%. That keeps right. us in line to cover my, again, that's analytics, right? But my analytics now dictate what my operations do. I know 50% is a number that I need to make sure that I get the profit I need, plus it covers my expenses to make sure that we're actually getting the kind of coverage I need to actually make up for the loss. I shouldn't say loss, that the delay of time it's gonna to take to get the money from the insurance company. Yeah, give you the outlay because you outlaid money up front and then you got to wait 42 to 45 days before that money comes back in. If you're right. not collecting over the counter on a daily basis, right. that 42 days, you know, where we get in trouble is we think all that money's coming in on the 42nd right. day and it's it doesn't, coming. right? No. It comes in over time. And so right. if you're not collecting that cash, you know, 40 to 50% on a daily yeah. basis, that insurance collections is never going to reimburse right. or catch up with all the outlay that you had to make to get to that 42 to 100 percent and that's why operationally your team needs to understand that i think sometimes we get so basically caught up sometimes on the belief that we're just trying to you know in, like in my moniker serve people better we're just trying to grow 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 keep people and take care get the treatment done let's not create any barriers when it comes to basically collecting over the counter because we don't want to hurt people's feelings or actually for that matter press a situation where it's all about the money but the reality is doctors, you have to have your team educated on that. They have to be able to understand you're running a business. You need to support that business. You need to make sure you can pay their paychecks when it comes down to payroll day. So right. the reality is that has to be an incredible part of operations so the company can flourish and keep going. That's number one. The second thing that I saw listening to your story about that was a belief of like paying doctors 
on diagnosed production or paying up front and having no means of having checks or balances at the end of the day. Like what we would recommend in terms of dealing with that situation is we pay our doctors on adjusted production, mm-hmm. meaning that the doctors have built into there. They'll get paid on what they produce, but they also will basically have a scenario where my bookkeeper will be able to reconcile exactly how much the insurance covered and exactly what the patient paid. So then it becomes a situation where the doctor that has to basically, who's working in our office paying in production, literally has to basically reimburse the practice for any losses that we may have. So if you want to get granular on what adjusted production means, it means we're just fronting the money, but then under the day, the doctor will be able to get paid on what the practice is able to collect. That way it's fair to both the associate and the actual practice. And you can sit there as an associate doctor listening to this and say, oh, you're just kind of playing semantics. I'm like, no, we're fronting you the money. You're getting the money before the practice gets the money. But in order to make the practice whole and to keep this practice sustainable, we have to basically pay you what the practice can actually make, whether it be over the counter and whether it be insurance collections. And the last thing I would say about that particular model in terms of running into an environment is that there should be on a regular basis, like on a daily basis, some kind of cash flow means or some kind of collection goals to have on a daily basis to make sure that you're able to meet the expense needs of that particular business. You can't simply be running things on production-based only, especially if you're doing bonuses. And that's another thing that I, I hurt myself years ago. Doctors, if you are paying your bonuses based on production only, especially in gross production, if the first thing I would tell you is stop living in the gross production for your lives. Gross production, is, it doesn't exist. It's just a fairy tale number. And quit telling your buddies about it because it, it just, it's not true. It's, it's a lie. It's, just, it's basically like Matt was talking about, you know, it's like Walmart saying, well, we could have we sold that candy bar for $300, but we sold for four. You know, <laughs> let's stop using gross production as a means of talking to one another. At the end of the day, look at what you can actually collect and have a means of collecting that figure. But again, from an operational, make it really easy for you, docs. Make sure your team has collection goals daily so that you can make sure your company is making the money so you can afford the expenses and so you can actually keep a practice that has good positive cash flow. You're not put in a situation where you're borrowing money from banks and having to float credit bonds to survive the day. So those are some things I think would help you in that regards. Again, it's a wonderful thing to basically look at analytics as long as you have the operations to support those analytics to make sure you don't get beat up at the end of the day. Absolutely. Well, I think those are great thoughts there, Seth. Thanks for sharing them with us. And, uh, you know, that is one of the reasons that we have created our Next Level Academy that we'll be launching uh, in the next week. Um, And our goal there really is to help bridge this gap between the analytics and the operations and really help doctors start moving towards their vision. So uh, we're excited to launch that here coming up soon. So I know we've been teasing it for a while, but uh, it is actually happening out there uh, and that will be coming to fruition. So well said, thanks again, man. Until next time, we'll see you. And for, for all of our listeners out there, we hope you have uh, a great day and we just wish you all the best in the world. Thanks, Matt. Hello, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.